Hey, just want to jump in and mention my sponsors. I'm doing them all in the front. Um, so I hope people appreciate that. That's kind of a new thing that's been going out in the podcast world. And this episode is such a great episode. Um, I'm so excited. I really am. Um, Kay Lisby's uh, interview, I hope you listen to that number 238, man. It just blew me away because she is the real deal. That arbitrage group she's running is just rocking it. I'm in it and I'm watching just people just knocking it dead. And you know, for $149 for you to be able to get in there, um, there is a free week that she's giving if you go through my link and I have a link on this episode. Um, but I mean, to me, that's how you can build up this Q4. And if you even can't get in, get on the waiting list because she's going to pull from there when somebody drops for whatever reason. So get in there, Gay Lisby's Million Dollar Arbitrage. I have a link, um, and you're also going to get that seven-day free trial. Seller Lab Scope. I can't talk enough about it. Um, I just got another note from somebody just saying, hey, what I was able to do with Scope and blah, blah, blah. That is so cool to me, hearing those successes and hearing that you heard it through my show. It just makes me tingle because it's like, Getting exposed to that stuff is how you figure it out, right? Somebody else has somebody else smarter than me has figured it out. I'm just bringing you the information. It's so neat to see, and so Scope's going to let you really work on your private label or wholesale and help you get the keywords right. Ultimately, that's how you get the buy box. You got to know what people are searching for. You put that in there. You get that adjusted to know exactly what they're searching for, and boom you get found, right? Being found on that page one, how do you do it? By knowing the right keywords. How do you do that? Look at your competitors and use their keywords. That's how you do it. And Scope allows you to do that. It's just a powerful thing. Solutions for e-commerce. Karen Locker, you've heard me talk a lot about her. If you haven't met her, you should. A smart lady who knows what she's doing. I, for example, today had uh, four items where, um, I forget what they called it. Uh, It was flagged for quality. They were quality alerts. That's what it was. And it turns out there's an image issue. And she's like, well, yeah, there's Amazon's now making a change. It has to be 80%, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, oh, I've lost interest already. Could you help me? And she's like, fixed. That's the value of having an account manager, right? Or when I get those calls, hey, I'm calling about case number, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, oh, that goes to my other person. And that just happens to be my team member who happens to be Karen, her team. Solutions for ecommerce.com slash momentum saves you 50 bucks. You're going to save 50 bucks and she's going to do an inventory health report for you. To me, that's value. Know what inventory is healthy. You got Q4. You still can get some inventory out as of this recording uh, for free. You probably want to do it. So jump on and get with her and tell her I sent you. So it's solutionsforecommerce.com slash momentum. GoDaddy is another sponsor, and I love what they're doing uh, because I'm a domain hoarder. We've already acknowledged that. I've got a problem. And I just love the fact that I could save 30% finally uh, because I never did. Uh, so try godaddy.com slash momentum and get your domain. But also buy that privacy. Look out there in one of the Facebook groups. You'll see somebody complaining about um, the lack of privacy. Well, buy the privacy. It's not that expensive. And again, you're saving 30% on it. It's really a smart deal. And Grasshopper. Try grasshopper.com slash momentum. It's the professional way to present your company. Uh, You don't have to carry a second phone. It's an app that goes on your phone, but it allows your calls to get routed effectively. And for real, I mean, I always say you can have them go press one for customer service, but that could go to your customer service team if you use one, right? That can go to that person. Or I'm surprised nobody's offering that services to us to to be the customer service department for a lot of us. We're a Zendesk in effect. 
Um, somebody should offer those services. But that's what's cool is you, you know, by using Grasshopper, they press two to get to that department and then they can come in and, and you know, effectively represent you. I just think it's so cool. So try grasshopper.com slash momentum. It's going to save you 50 bucks and you're going to be able to all of a sudden become that professional organization you want to become. Man, I just appreciate my sponsors. I hope you do too. Welcome to the e-commerce momentum podcast, where we focus on the people, the products, and the process of e-commerce selling today. Here's your host, Stephen Peterson. Welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. This is episode 242, Karen Thaxton. That's a name probably most people don't know, but they might know marketingwords.com. And Karen runs a company called Marketing Words where they write copy, where they teach people to write better copy. Um, very cool story. Um, neat how we got connected. Um, I have a couple references in there. But I see a lot of applications because, you know, as she's saying that, you know, in today's day and age, these, these algorithms are getting smarter. The words you use are going to connect or not and not being the problem um, with uh, people who are looking to buy merchandise. And so your ability to communicate and put in words that they are using um, will help you get found in the gazillion of keywords out there. It's not only keyword anymore. There's other, there's contextual words. And I think she does a really good job explaining it. Let's get into the podcast. All right, welcome back to the e-commerce momentum podcast. Very excited about today's guest because she's going to teach us and I like to learn. I'm ready to learn um, something that, you know, it becomes more and more important every single day. You know, when you think about selling um, and the number of new sellers coming on and the number of new products, how do you get found, right? How do you how do you show up in the millions of products that are out there on the various websites? Well, the way you do that is with keywords and uh, great pictures with words behind them too and, and hopefully she's going to teach us a lot about that Karen Thaxton welcome Karen hi how are you thanks for having me I appreciate you coming on you own a company called marketingwords.com right marketingwords.com and where you help companies people focus in on what give me your elevator pitch Marketing Words essentially helps businesses rank higher, convert better, and sell more. Ooh, I like it. That's a good. That's a good elevator pitch. And <laughs> and it doesn't matter, right? You're. It doesn't matter whether that's on Amazon, eBay, Shopify, Google, whatever these other new egg if they even exist. All those other sites, all those things, pretty much use the same concept, correct? Um, in a roundabout way, yes. Yeah, I mean, there are nuances, right? And that's what makes Amazon so strong is they have their own versus Google that drives a lot of other companies. But conceptually, I mean, you're basically saying, hey, I want to buy this and me behind the scenes, I'm trying to match that up in the perfect way so you come to see me as opposed to seeing Bob, right? I mean, that's really yes. what it is. Much, yes. And that's an art, isn't it? Um, it's an art and it's a science mm. all combined into one. There are some things that are carved in stone. There are a lot more things that are not carved in stone. <laughs> oh, I like that. I want to No, I think that's important. So you're saying there's some absolutes carved in stone. I would call those absolutes and they're absolutes for today, given today with this version of whatever's out there. 
Um, right. But that can change and, and it will change. I mean, there's one nice thing about this. This will change, whatever it is. But <laughs> what what would you say, you know, and I'll give us, we'll go back into your background and get into all that, but I want to get it, uh, some value right up front. Give me a couple carved in stone absolutes. Carved in stone absolutes pertaining to what? Um, I would say, I mean, we could we could do one of two ways. Is it Amazon and then everybody else? I mean, when you look at everybody else, I mean, because Amazon has, what, 80% of the e-commerce market. I mean, some massive number, right? Mm-hmm. And they're their own animal, right? They have their own custom algorithm, and their search stuff is custom for them. It is. Uh, they are getting more and more like Google every day, but there are... Uh, with Amazon, probably the most unique thing about that particular A9 search engine is that there are no outside influences hmm. to Amazon. With Google, you have social media presence. You have backlinks pointing to a particular page of a website. You have all sorts of other things that are not self-contained on your website whether that be an independent site a shopify site or any you know any other type of website that you might have with amazon everything is contained within amazon's website so okay well then let's break them down separately then let's start with everybody else because as you say google i mean most searches for most other e-commerce are going to be generally in google is that correct Mm -hmm. Generally, right? All right, so let's do some absolutes then that are carved in stone for Google. One of the biggest absolutes is that the language that your prospective customers or your shoppers are using needs to be reflected in the copy on your page. And that is almost always through the use of keywords and key phrases, but not entirely. Google also looks for other types of language that is common when particular keywords are used. So if you're going through and you are looking around my desk for a quick example, if we're talking about a desktop calculator, for example, and uh, you have many different types of desktop calculators you will want to use language specific to scientists if you have a scientific desktop calculator. Hmm. On another page, you will want to use language particular to students if this is a cal- you know a desktop calculator designed for students and things of that nature. Um, it's not just going in and stuffing a page and the back end meta tags with various types of keywords it's using language particular to that segment of a target audience to be able to get that page to perform at its best and and that's that's different than what it used to be right in the last x number of years that's been revised and and refined it sounds like oh 20 years ago or so when they were when google and for those that remember Alta Vista and Lycos and all those original search engines, it was simply a matter of going into the back end, putting in whatever you wanted to rank for into the meta keyword tag, and ta-da, there you went. It didn't matter if those words were on your page or not. So it's evolved numerous times. Um, this particular iteration has been 
active for, I would say, at least five or six years. Okay. And so this is the one where you're, you're saying that basically if you're selling scientific calculators, you need to say that I'm selling scientific calculators, not just selling calculators, because you'll never get found ever, right, otherwise, period. Right. But it goes beyond just inputting keywords. Today, with the competition, with all the different sites and the, the different millions and billions of individual web pages trying to get into Google's top 10, you have to go beyond that. You have to have copy that uses language that actually appeals to people looking for a scientific calculator. So that's going to mean knowing your target audience and understanding what's important to them. Because in addition to the key phrase, scientific calculator, Google is also going to also look for uh, common words that occur in the copy of other types of pages, other blog posts and whatnot that pertain to people looking for a scientific calculator. Does it learn over time that people who look for, I mean, I guess this is probably a duh, you're going to like duh, Steve. Um, you know, uh, people who looked for scientific calculators also looked for United. I mean, maybe that's a brand. I don't know that to be right. But they look for United. Um, they add that word, and it seems to be all the time. So therefore, does that help um, if you have that in there? If you're that tuned into the market and you have that in your language in there, does that help? Um, it could we marketing words does seo copywriting so we are not a full-blown search engine optimization company and i can't that question i don't have a specific answer for but it would make sense to me right. that it would right right yeah I, and i, I, I put it that way i guess until you wrote the program you really can't know right nobody knows i mean they, they kind of do their <laughs> right. best to narrow it down so so copywriting in that scenario right so you're saying that the really elegant presented a with the keywords with the the right language give me an example of language that would be used for let's stay on the scientific calculator i'm going to really put you on the spot on this one uh well we could switch to student calculators and i could probably come up with better examples okay. or, or I'm, I'm willing to no i'm willing to that's fine i mean i guess you know i just want people to get what you're talking about when we say because you know right. most of us just sell on amazon or sell a lot on amazon so we're used to putting in you know you can put in 250 characters and then you got your you know your title first and all the rest of that stuff it's so critical and then your bullet points but what you're talking about is actual language actual the way people talk when they're talking about student calculators correct right and for not for amazon none of this would apply to amazon right right but so this but is this is what's so different that's why i want people to get their context of what you're talking about so go ahead right. so, so if common themes, common denominators around student calculators would uh, mention calculus class or prepping for exams or particular functions that mostly students use that accountants wouldn't use and business people wouldn't use and scientists wouldn't use, things of that nature that are specific to students using this particular calculator, those are the things that that would also be a very good idea to include in the copy. Um, if you have tests that students have to take in various types of math classes where they require particular functionality in a, a calculator, 
that would be included as well. And most of the time, it's going to make good marketing and common sense to put these things in the copy for that particular product description because they would answer questions that shoppers need to know. Right. That makes if, perfect if sense. Are, yeah. If you're a parent or you're the actual student that's shopping to the, for the calculator and then going to send the link to your parent to purchase it, you know, they would need to know, okay, is it going to help me prep for this particular type of exam or standardized test? You know, is it um, acceptable for this particular type of standardized tests? You know, will it help me with calculus class or geometry class or whatever type of class it is that, that students would need that calculator for? So nine times out of 10, it's smart in three or four different ways to put that information in, not only for Google, but it's useful in helping the shopper make a decision as well. Right. And, and that's so important. I mean, I think about, you know, like when my son went to college, you know, the things that we were looking for, is this going to work? I don't know. Right. That's what you're thinking. Yes. And then when you answer that question, right, in a nice, easy way, boom, it just makes sense. Okay. And so right. you can do that, and Google will pick that up. I mean, when Google goes looking today, looking at what you have in your Shopify store, for example, is your title the most important position, and then it goes down from there, similar to Amazon, or how does that work? The title is very important, Um and I wouldn't say that it's the most important element because you can get a page ranked on Google with no title, with no meta description, uh, certainly with no meta keyword tag because they ditched that forever ago because it was too badly abused and manipulated. Mm -hmm. But yes, your title is very important. And if you uh, create a title that is concise, Google has, has drastically whittled down what it thinks is a good value, a good character length for a title. If you can get that information in there in a, a way that Google will highlight it, you're in good shape. If you put a title in for a web page and Google doesn't approve it or smile on it, then they will go into an automated fashion and create a brand new title for you uh -huh. without asking your permission. And most of the time, in my opinion, they don't do nearly as good a job as a human being does. Right. They're going to lose the they're going to lose the the uh, the nuance of of uh, people speak. Right. I mean, they're going to it'll be great grammar, but nobody talks that way. Well, the other thing for me and I understand uh, Google is is looking for a way to provide the best quality of information to its searchers but when it comes to e-commerce to uh, different types of sales online google in my humble opinion seems to be too focused on information and not focused enough on sales because when they're creating new titles for these pages that they don't care for the title tags that were already written they almost always leave out the promotional elements. Does this sound vaguely familiar? Mm -hmm. Somebody else, some other giant online company that gets searched a lot that has been saying, stop putting marketing language, stop using subjective language. <laughs> Amazon is moving in the, in the Google direction. Um, so in my opinion, I think Google could do a much better job of incorporating a little salesmanship 
and the titles that they create. Because ultimately, they want that shopper to find the item that's best perfect for what they're looking to do, right? I mean, if they're looking for a chrome garbage can, ideally, they want to give them the chrome one that's the right height for the bags that they have or that they're planning on using for their size apartment or house. In a right, I mean, ultimately, that's what they want to get. So if they, they can do. help you get there, um, you know, I was at a um, Resonate conference um, that Seller Labs put on, and I remember someone talking about how Google and Amazon are both learning, right? So they gave the example that, you know, um, I think the example they gave is you were searching for a queen um, for something, maybe clothing, you know, crown for queens or whatever, but you really meant king because you had a couple other things in there. And they basically will actually show you the results for kings also, even though you're putting in queens because other people who have looked for this particular things also went through the king link. And eventually that got some, some, so that had some strength. So they showed you those results too. They said, hey, Steve, you're smart, but you're not quite smart enough. Here's what you're really thinking, we think, <laughs> right? Is that, is that correct? Yeah, pretty much. I don't know um, what they call that. He called it something, and it was like, whoa. I mean, it's like thinking. It's almost thinking for you, I mean, in, in a way. It does, and Amazon in particular tracks everything seven ways from Sunday. They look at where you clicked, and they try to determine why you clicked there, and, and as you mentioned, what you've added to your cart, what you've taken out of your cart. If you took something out of your cart and you replaced it with something very similar you know, then that they're they're constantly running all of this data around the Amazon database, trying to find out which of the ads at the bottom. You know, people who bought this also bought this. Here mm -hmm. are some other things we recommend for you, and that's based on thousands of calculations a second that Amazon is coming up with, and it's pretty incredible to sit back and and watch everything that has to happen to bring a search result up, even for something like dog treats, you know, you type that in and you would think it would be quite simple, but you know, do they, what kind of dog treats? Do you want dog jerky or dog biscuits or, you know, what size dog, right? I mean, what all those... size dog, you, right. know, you want low calorie ones or diet ones or vegan ones, or, you know, <laughs> there's thousands and thousands of types of dog treats. So what is it that brings up that first page of search results? in order to get yours ranked high in the search engines. And a lot of it has nothing to do with keywords or the copy that you write, especially on Amazon. Um, a lot of Amazon's is, is backend information, you know, your seller performance, your seller feedback, the number of reviews for the product, recent sales history, inventory levels, and all these other things that you could have the best copy and the most highly optimized listing in the world, but if all of your backend information is just swirling, you know, swirling around and headed down the toilet, you're not going to rank well for anything. Do you spend all your time thinking about this stuff? Be honest. No. <laughs> so you can turn it off. Yes, and I but do regularly. <laughs> when you when you when you were in school, you went, you went to college for marketing. I mean, mm -hmm. did you ever think that it would get? I mean. What, what was marketing to you, right? So as a kid, you were into, you know, ads on TV, right? What did you think it was? I mean, was it just a bunch of people sitting around a table just coming out with, hey, I got a new jingle or I have a, you know, something that'll, you know, a new name for a product? I mean, what, what was it to you? As a child, um, 
I think probably my first perception of marketing was letting people know about new stuff. And I liked finding out about new stuff because usually it wasn't the old stuff. Maybe, you know, you, you've got some uh, classic ads and some repeat advertising for collateral products that uh, commodity products that people are always going to see in one fashion or the other, Coca-Cola, Pepsi-Cola, you know, gas stations, things that people have to have regularly. But then there's the new things that come out that are exciting and get advertised about women's makeup. There's always a brand new type of mascara that TV show, you know, TV ads are for or online ads and what have you. So I think that I primarily got excited about marketing when I was a very small kid because it was all about new things new toys probably especially right I'm way sure back as a kid in there too yep <laughs> yeah, sure so so you go to college for what what were you thinking this marketing degree was going to let you do i mean when you were you going to be the person bringing out those new products or being involved in them what was it that you were going to do with this degree I was going to go to work for my uncle in tennessee although he didn't know it yet <laughs> And I was not entirely certain what he did, but I knew that he made an awful lot of money and that he was married to my favorite aunt. And would it be great if when I grew up and I went to college and I got a degree in marketing that I would go to work for this uncle? And he never found out that that was my plan because as I grew up and I realized what he did, he was in uh, high end to B2B, which is something that has really just never come into play with marketing words. We've always stuck to the B2C side, but um, turned out when I found out specifically what he did, I didn't really want to do that after all. Hmm. So I went into radio, um, went into newspapers, and it was kind of funny. The first radio station I worked for, I actually was a fangirl of the morning show and decided one day during the summer when we were off from school that I would go and pick up some biscuits from wherever, Hardee's or Bojangles or wherever it was, and take them to the, the radio station for the morning show. And they let me in, and I was on the air and, and all of that exciting stuff. And it just sort of grew from there. And one day the station manager called and said, receptionist is out with bad back problems going to have to have surgery can you come answer the phones for the summer sure i can mm -hmm. three or four days later one of the sales uh people came through and said i've got to get these spots on the air today do you know how to write copy of course i do great here's all the info and she walked away and i turned around and looked at the girl next to me and said what's copy <laughs> <laughs> So my my education started as trial by fire and then uh, went to college the next fall and did some actual, well, I won't call that actual learning. I think the, the trial by fire was probably the actual learning. Yeah, that's learning. probably the deepest. Did, did your ads actually make it on the air? Oh, yes. As soon as they told me what it was and what needed to be done, you know, 30-second spot, 60-second spot, whatever it was, and the criteria that the client had, uh, I really didn't have too much of a problem getting it done. I mean, it took me three or four tries, but, but they, they actually did record those and put them on the air. So, Wait, Were you a natural at it, I mean, would you say? I would say. Hmm. I have always been pretty decent with words. Um, I could write one heck of a thank you note when I was in high school, I tell you, so. Hmm. 
Okay, so you start working in a radio and you start writing copy there. You get, is that the part of radio that you love the most when you think about it? No, I liked being on the air the most. Hmm. I, I'm sub, someone else was out sick and uh, this was, I came back to that radio station summer after summer and one summer they needed somebody to fill in on the overnight show from 2 a.m. to 6 a.m. So I did that for a while, and that was fun. Okay, so that was something that you enjoyed. And then you went right into newspapers, or did you stay in radio for a while? Um, No, when I left and went back to school, I I transferred uh, to the University of South Carolina, Go Gamecocks, and went to work for the student newspaper there, and got a good, I mean, very, very much like working for an actual newspaper. This student newspaper uh, was a very good training ground for that. So I did sales for them and created some ad, uh, not actually doing the design work, but the concepts for the ads and and what have you. So I enjoyed that a lot uh, and did some time at a local newspaper as well. And then went to in-house ad agencies for uh, ladies' clothing chains, a, a regional chain, did in-house ad agencies for a couple of other products, did a full-service agency, and just kind of made the rounds. So that that is a very different position than the person that was selling the ad and putting it down on paper and saying, this is what the client wants, right? As yes. now, you are, in essence, the agent for the client, so you are the client, and you are making the decision, this is what I want. Well, at the ad agencies, um, the full service agencies, I was a copywriter. I was not an account manager. Okay. So you still, you, I mean, so, so somebody did feed you a bunch of stuff and then you had to make sense of it. Is that what you're saying? Yes. And it's very much like a puzzle. Hmm. I mean, you get copywriters come in as the last piece to the puzzle. You have to have the branding in place. You have to have the product details in place and your pricing structure. And if there is a particular concept that you want to get out through this campaign or your Amazon listing or your web page or whatever it may be these days, um, all of that has to be set up. And then you plop it down in front of a copywriter and, and we go through and sift it and sort it and make sense of it all. And then put the pieces of the puzzle together so that you end up with an Amazon page, a listing page, or a web page, or an e-commerce product description on Shopify. The thing that confuses me, right, so what you're describing sounds like you've you've been doing it for a long period of time, Mm -hmm. right? You've been, been, you know, you took it on early age, this is what I want to do, you embraced it, you went to school for it. You paid your dues, learned, learned, learned for all those years. And now, us sellers, we're supposed to be as good as you are because we're competing against you or somebody like you. And we're competing against you because you represent clients that use your services. And so how... You know, I guess I'm I'm struggling with you know it's like I have a I have an accounting degree. Well, guess what? You know, most people can do basic bookkeeping, but they can't do the technical accounting. Not that I can anymore, anyway. But but you get what I'm saying. So how do how do we get better when we're competing against professionals like yourself? You get training. 
The same way that anybody gets better at anything in the world that they try, whether it has to do with Amazon or websites or learning how to play baseball, you get training. And Marketing Words offers training products. There are people out there. Well, you know, and and let's just be real clear is that she's not paying me. I'm not, this is not an affiliate deal or anything like that. Um, But I think we all need help. And so I sit back and I think about this is a good example. You just heard her credibility, you know, her her background, right? All those years working in, in, you know, radio on one side, you know, all the different roles in there. Actually, getting on air really helps you too because you see both sides of it. And then in, in newspapers and, and ad agencies and all the, and working in house for companies, all the things that we're all competing against. And I just think it's so important that we get better at this. And I just, to be honest with you, I'm not really certain how to do it other than taking courses and uh, studying. And so the fact that you offer those services is quite frankly, and you actually do copywriting for people too, correct? I mean, you actually offer that as a service, not necessarily teaching. You can take my jumble and make it something, correct? Uh, yes, we do okay. have services. Um, and uh, But you are correct. Learning, uh, getting the training that you need is critical. You can't do a whole lot of anything. You can't cook an egg on your own stove until somebody first shows you how to cook an egg. Mm. You know, from the time we're born, we're learning and we're getting training, whether it's formal or informal. And there are people that are just absolutely banging their heads against walls because they don't know what they're doing. Amazon's no help. Seller Central is full of conflicting information, and if you send in a support ticket or you place a phone call to Amazon, you get even more conflicting information. So figuring out Amazon's maze of terms of service, how many characters you have for different categories, the qualifications and the stipulations for different categories, and then putting all of the information we already talked about together and merging all of these bits and pieces into one final completed puzzle that actually works can be frustrating. Hmm. It, it well, it's, it can be. It is. I mean, it's not can be. It is. I mean, there's just you know there are some people who are naturally gifted at it. You know, just like there's a baseball player who's a naturally gifted baseball player. But they're outliers, right? They're they're just those people. They don't need this training because they're just naturally good at it. But the rest of us, the rest of the world, right, needs to fine tune these things. So, what do you say to somebody new? Right, so they're, um, you know, they're selling. They've been selling for a while, and they're saying, "Okay, now I want to enhance my listings. Um, I have some wholesale that I can modify, or I have a own private label, which is probably more likely." And they're saying, "Okay, now I'm ready to get the most from my." marginally performing, underperforming, or even, I guess, good performing, I want to make them great. I want to get that first page of rank, which is ultimately the, you know, the, the applause, right? Customers buying it gets you on first page of rank. So how do we do that? What's the, where do we start? My best advice is to start from the beginning with your very best effort. If you have no training whatsoever, get the training before you begin to create new listings. That's where you're going to get the best results. If you already have highly successful listings or even semi-highly successful listings, you do not want to pull out everything, the title, the bullets, the description, 
and the keywords, you do not want to yank all of that out and replace all of it at the same time. Because these are the things, there are the back end things we mentioned earlier, you know, seller feedback and inventory levels and blah, blah, blah. But as far as words go, these are the things that Amazon has used to get you where you are today. So if you jerk all of that out all at the same time, underline all at the same time, and you replace every bit of it with brand new information, you have to start all over again. Amazon goes, whoa, what just happened? Right. And they will re-index your listing, and at least temporarily, you will see almost certainly a major drop in sales and rank. And so you can change, it's almost like the A-B testing, right? You can change small things to see what kind of influence they have, right? Is that what yes. you're suggesting, right? Just Absolutely. small little, you know, it's kind of like a ship that has to turn in the ocean. They don't just spin the wheel and they turn, right? It's very little degrees, very little changes to get on, stay on course. Exactly. And if you do that, and it is, I mean, one of the, one of the things that I am constantly preaching is that you have to test this. Um, somebody will ask me a question about titles and I'll say, that's a, that's a great question. I don't have an answer for you. It would make an excellent test. So this is what you need to do instead of yanking everything out and replacing the whole shebang at one time, go step by step and pay attention to what you're doing. So many people say, well, I want to test this title against that title. And they take out the first title and they put the second title in and they sit there and go, well, it seems like I got more sales. Hmm. You get familiar with the data in your business reports. Understand what it means so that you can take a look before you begin your test. You can take a look after you've done your test and you can say, wow, look at that. When I put these keywords in the title instead of these other ones that I used to have in there, then I ended up with 316 sessions instead of 90. And instead of having an average of two sales a day, now I have an average of six sales a day. So isn't that special? <laughs> well, and I think the way you're describing is very good. What about seasonality? Do you consider, I mean, I mean, duh, you're going to be like, Steve, come on. Uh, <laughs> of course. I mean, but that you have to consider that, right? So, yes. you know, it's Q4. So, you know, all of a sudden a change I make, we can be sitting here saying, oh, my words are so much better when really it's just the Q4 bump. And so you right. really and need to consider that. You do. And for other things, if you're selling um, flowers, cut flowers that are delivered or what have you, or gift baskets or things like that, you're going to have to pay attention to more than fourth quarter. Mother's Day uh, is huge for those types of things. Valentine's Day, you know, all of the holidays that roll around that could seriously impact sales because you're absolutely right. They will drastically skew what your results are. So pay attention with your testing. Okay. One of the other things that I noticed that you do is you help with um, review request follow-up emails. And I was thinking about, you know, Seller Labs um, with Feedback Genius. One of the things that they offer are, you know, uh, emails to customers, right? And you're allowed to ask for feedback. You just can't ask for positive feedback, right? Um, but one of the bigger challenges I see people are like, well, yeah, I could use the service, but what do I put in it, right? That's one of the challenges, you're suggesting that that is also an art um, and a science. I guess you're going to tell me it's a science too, to make sure that you can get um, the best chance 
of getting a review. Now, you're not saying a positive review because you can't do that, right? Am I, am I correct when I say that? Yes. And the what the Review Advantage ebook teaches is that there's a different way to write these emails. Uh, if you get a review request email from 10 different sellers, if, if you are the customer and you've been shopping on Amazon and all of a sudden you begin to get these review request emails, chances are pretty darn good that they're all going to follow the exact same hmm. template uh, or something pretty close to it. And those templates just don't work. They, on a regular basis, on a consistent basis, you know, saying thank you so much for your order and your shipment ha should be arriving soon. And, you know, we hope you love it and please leave a review and we're a small business and could really use your help and blah, 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 blah. It just doesn't work. Are it's people all, numb to it now? I mean, they're getting, they're, they see so much of it. That's what you're saying? I think that's part of what it is is that this same template has been run into the ground. The other th couple of things are, one, these templates make it all about you, the seller, and not about the customer. Mm -hmm. And customers are very self-centered. It's all, you know, it's the old saying, what's in it for me? It's all about them. It's not all about you. So the old template that everybody's been using is is worn out. People are numb to it. It's sort of like banner blindness where banner ads don't hardly work anymore because people have banner blindness online now. And the other thing is they don't offer anything to the customer. It's just gimme, gimme, gimme. What customers are looking for and what we have found that they respond to is useful helpful information that will allow them to get the most out of your product after they have purchased it and begun to use it. We actually have people that have written to us and said, you know, when I rewrote my review request emails using the steps that you taught us, I began to get thank you notices from clients for the tips that I had given them. Hmm. So it makes a difference and number of reviews increases, but your goodwill towards your clients increases. I mean, how often has any other seller gotten a thank you note for the follow-up email they sent? Right, right. And so you're really connecting, I mean, you're making a connection. You're taking you it are. a step further. Where, you know, they're almost your customer then. Right now, because you're selling on Amazon, you're not... They're not your customer. They're Amazon's customer, to be honest. But now when you connect with that person, your brand, it, they're almost, there's, there's the, they're your customer, the brand's customer. Maybe I'll say it that way. That might be a better way to say it. Right. And it's not all about you, the seller anymore. It's how can I help my customer, my brand's customer, uh, to get the most out of this product. And they're grateful for that. It's different. It's useful. It's not just filling their inbox with more gobbledygunk that they are tired of seeing that they take one look and see an order number in a subject line and go, oh, man, another follow-up email, delete, 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 delete. Okay. And so this is uh, the service that you have is a re review request email series. Is that what it is? 
uh, that would so cover this. Are you talking this. about the service or the ebook? Uh, yes, <laughs> I'm talking about. Both. I, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. We were talking about getting training, so I thought you were talking about okay. the ebook. Okay, so that's what it is. Okay, I, I just want to make sure that when people say, "Hey, wait, that sounds something like I would want," um, so it's an ebook. Um, that you offer. And I'm going to have a link to the site, marketingwords.com slash products. She has, oh my gosh, you have a lot of them in here. Um, and so you have a book addressing that and how to do that and how to learn that. Right. And it, and it is also a service. Um, if they don't want to do it, then okay. people don't want to do it okay. themselves, then we can do that as well. And that's, of course, under the services menu where you would find the services. Okay. All right. Cool. All right. So the next thing that I think is really relevant, I'm trying to pick and choose because let me just tell you, you know, this is, you know, I'm not, and again, I don't know Karen from Adam. Um, I don't know who Adam is either. Three, six, nine, twelve. 12. I see 12 ebooks on just about almost all the subjects. And then on the services page, um, I'm doing a good job of selling your services. You got two, <laughs> four, six, eight, about 10 services. So I know I can't get through them all. So I'm trying to pick and choose what I think are the most relevant, most timely right now from the people that I've interviewed and the people I talk with. Right. And so when I look at the next thing that's really hot right now are landing pages. Um, landing pages are used for a myriad of reasons, right? But they really do get you, put you out there on your own. It's basically your own little website, right? It's your standalone website, which you then can link through to Amazon to fulfill for you. Um, and very, very popular. However, you're saying, hey, um, you really need to be very crafty. You have to craft a really important message that connects with that person that got to that page somehow, right? Um, is that similar to Facebook too? I mean, is that, I mean, would you put those two together now? Um, no, but everybody seems to have a different definition of landing pages. Usually what we do is used for some sort of a campaign mm -hmm. and you have a, a trigger. Maybe it is a Facebook ad or a Pinterest ad or an email that you've sent out or something like that. And people click on the trigger and they land on the landing page. So all of your information for that one product, that one service, that one book, that whatever it is that you're selling for this particular campaign is on the landing page. And that landing page used to be a standalone page, but now it can be in a funnel. Or it, So you're saying that on Facebook, that Facebook ad that clicks through, I mean, that's not the same thing. You're saying that that typically is a link that goes to this landing page. But aren't people using Facebook differently now for some of that too? They could be. Okay. okay. That's not anything we've gotten involved with. Okay. All right. So the standalone page per product or per service, like you're describing, that has to be crafted correctly too, because you can bring people to it, but getting them to click is just not, e again, how many are they getting hit with a day, right? Yeah, right. Exactly. Hmm. Um, Video is becoming a bigger issue, um, you know, as uh, now Amazon's showing video sometimes even first, which is really interesting. Um, how how important is copywriting when it comes to video? Because usually you don't get a lot of, you can't do a lot of words in video, right? But can you, can you, in the descriptions and things like that, is that, is that what you're talking about here? Um, well, we do video scripts for the ones that require some type of a voiceover. Okay. Not every video is, is created to have a voiceover. There are lots of services out there now that 
create product demos and the only thing they have is just two or three superimposed words on the screen as someone is demoing your product and there's lovely music playing in the background. So those wouldn't require a script. Okay. okay. There's a lot of different kinds of videos. Not all of them would be something that you would need an entire script for. One of my other ones that I wanted to, when I went through your site, I, I picked out that I thought was common mistakes, um, you know, three common website mistakes. So now people are starting to do their own website, right? They're doing Shopify stores, big commerce, whatever, or just WordPress sites. They're really starting to say, hey, you know, the rules on eBay, on Amazon, on blah, blah, blah. Um, or the websites are going away, you know, Sears.com, um, I guess Newegg is still out there, but I mean, it's just not as, as what it was, right? And so they're saying, I, I want to own my customers. I want to control that. Mm-hmm. And so they have their own website. They don't know how to drive traffic to it. That's a different problem. But one of the things that um, people are doing with these websites is they're just getting it up there and figuring that it's going to work. Is that is that right? Um, it takes a great deal of effort to drive traffic to a brand new website, whether it's a one-page site or you've launched a full-blown e-com site with a hundred different products right off the bat. There are a lot of different ways to drive traffic. Um, Marketing words only does words, so I can speak professionally about writing copy and about keywords, but I can tell you that you know, there are, are tons of ways to drive traffic out there, you know, through social media, through paid ads, AdWord ads, social ads. Um, building a list takes time unless you have money to go out and purchase an email list. And then you have to weed through how many of them are targeted leads and how many are not. But the thing to remember is the old adage fast, good, cheap, pick any two. So if you want it fast and good, it will not be cheap. That means you're Hmm. going to have to purchase advertising. You may have to purchase a list to start with, um, and you're going to have to throw some money at it. If you want it cheap and good, it will take you a while to get there because it will not be fast. And so when you do get this up, there are mistakes, common mistakes that people have made. And so you have um, an ebook about how to address that. And is that pretty much across the board in those other types of stores that I'm talking about, even on a Shopify site or any of those other kind of things, the same typical things go wrong? It would be probably less common in Shopify uh, than people who created their own websites. It would not necessarily pertain to platforms like eBay and Amazon because those you sort of have a built-in marketing system right there that you can use. You know, you're going to get traffic to this listing in various ways. You would still probably for a, a brand new listing have to throw some money at it with sponsored ads or, or what have you. But um, I think there's a better chance of survival, if you will, uh, in, in platforms like eBay or Amazon. You know, you mentioned eBay, um, and I see a resurgence of sellers on Amazon saying, hey, I need to add eBay, or I need to go back and reactivate my eBay. Because most people, I don't want to say most people, a lot of people started there. 
when they found out about FBA, wait, these people will do the listing. I don't have to create the listing. I don't have to, you know, they're going to do the shipping for me, all the stuff that a lot of people don't like. Um, they moved off. But now they've run into some challenges selling particular products or what have you on Amazon, right? As they've changed their terms and adjusted mm -hmm. their what their business model is, they want to mm -hmm. go back to eBay. And eBay today is very different than what it used to be. Is that fair? I would say so. Okay, so when you when you're helping people um, create listing descriptions um, today, I mean, when you're recommending, when you're helping train people, what what are we? What are the the basics? What are the things that we really need to do? I mean, it, or is it the same as what you've been talking about with all these other things? Most of it is the same. You have to have a good title. I mean, it's it will vary depending on the platform that you're on, what criteria you have, you know, eBay and 80 characters and, and what have you. Amazon obviously has way more terms of service than eBay does. But most of it will be the same, especially the part about finding out who your customers are and why they want to purchase this product and then creating copy that appeals to those wants and needs, that positions your product as the obvious choice or the obvious answer for the problem that the customer has. So many times, third-party sellers only wanna, they're, they're focused on making sales. They don't care what the product is. I just wanna private label a product. Well, what category do you want to be in? Doesn't matter. I don't care. I just want to private label a product and make a lot of money. And without knowing who you're selling to or why, that's a little difficult. My, my, my example of this that I use regularly is uh, pertaining to buying a birthday card. You and I have been talking for maybe 50 minutes or so. Do you think you could go out and buy me a birthday card? Um, probably not. I got, let's just say, uh, probably I can guess your age. I can probably guess I mean, that you're from the South. I kind of get that. I kind of know the um, team that you like. So I got a little bit of that, right? I can kind of, I can kind of get around that. I know you're a female. I can do a few things, but outside of that, no, it probably won't be a warm and fuzzy. See, well, correct. Anybody could go buy me a birthday card, but it would be a very generic one. Would it be one that I remembered a month from now? Probably not. Probably not. Would it be one I responded to? I mean, I would open it and go, well, isn't that nice of him to send me that card? You know, that's so sweet. And Right to the trash. <laughs> that, right to the trash can. <laughs> and you know, oh, what a nice guy, clunk. And that's, you know, when people come to these listing pages that are full of generic, arbitrary, overused cliches and language that doesn't do a thing for anybody because they've read it on 75 other product mm -hmm. pages, you know, it makes a difference. It makes a difference to, to find out as much as you can about these people before you try to sell them something. So, so similar to Amazon where, you know, basically you're writing your listing to the keyword that you think people are searching for scientifically, right? Mm -hmm. eBay is the same way. You're basically figuring mm -hmm. out who your buyer is and then, uh, back to you putting that, you know, you're putting the contextual words in there to address right. that for that person, right? You take right. that. Mm. 
you know, I'm sitting here thinking about my takeaways and I'm, I'm sitting back and thinking that, you know, you really do have to get better because as you describe it, I'm sitting here thinking about how I'm immune to so many things now because I've seen it so many times. So I, I just, I just don't even read it. Everybody's like, oh, did you read that? No chance. I mean, I've, there's no chance. I'm notorious for not reading my emails because I get so many of them. Right. Mm -hmm. And so the marketing doesn't work for me a lot of times. Um, and it's, it's a very crowded, uh, crowded. I mean, it's, it's, it's not even crowded now. It's just like, it's roadblock. I mean, there's just so much data that I'm getting. So let's close it out with this. Okay. So again, all right. She's got dozen eBooks out there, very specific on Amazon, Amazon copywriting, enhanced brand content, Amazon standard product description, copywriting, Amazon review request emails, which again, if you take that and put it back with feedback genius, you have custom uh, email. Ooh, love it, love it, love it. eBay, eBay listing descriptions, blog post writing. Um, you've got all these different things, all these different services that you do and eBooks on all these different subjects, uh, Amazon product description bootcamp, copywriting cheat sheets, writing with keywords. All right, so you got all these different things and I think people should check it out. So it's marketingwords.com slash products. However, I'm not gonna let you get away with that easy. So I pitched your stuff. Now you got, oh, and and you're gonna give me a coupon that's gonna give them 20% off. Yes. Whatever or, it is. And I don't yep. benefit in any way. Give me, what What can we, can we use, um, can we use, uh, e-commerce or momentum can we use momentum as a code well i have codes i can give you oh, right now and give me the code can, hit me hit I can, me i can create something specific for no, you if you would no prefer. no i know it doesn't matter to me i just i want somebody if they're interested in this and they can save 20 percent, that's enough for me so what code can for, we use for the amazon advantage ebook uh the code is amz short for amazon amz20 no spaces if they are interested in the Amazon product description bootcamp video series. That code is boot20. And if they are interested in the review advantage ebook for learning how to write um, follow up emails for Amazon, that code is review10. Review10. Okay. No spaces on any of those. Um, and that'll get you. 20% off on Amazon Advantage, 20% off on that the bootcamp video series, and ten dollars off on the review advantage ebook. Okay. And you're gonna have to send me those links and, and I'll oh, but I'll have it no. on this episode for everyone. So again, uh, so I'm letting her pitch her stuff because I want value um, for and so there's the first level of value, plus what we've already talked about. But now I wanna I wanna close it with you know, things that people can put, you know, and you saw in my show notes or my outline, you know, the thing, I get a lot of people that are stuck, right? They're, they're working, things are working, and they hit a level and they hit a plateau, and then they don't know who to ask or how to ask because they're not sure what's wrong. How do, how do you help people get unstuck specific to what you're talking about? Um... And I would say it's probably going to be an Amazon issue. Let's just stay on Amazon for this one because I just think it that's probably the majority of people they're you know again they're having they're having some success but not the success they hear about. You know, they see the million dollar sellers selling, "Hey, it just launched a product and now I'm number 2 and I've sold 658 of them today." And they're right. sitting there saying, "Geez, I sold 12. What am I doing wrong?" Okay. Now, for this we may have to edit part of this. 
is this your looking for a meaningful process improvement question? Yeah, yeah. I want okay. I want them to be able to go out and improve their business with meaningful advice and tips that you give away for free. And again, okay. yeah, the goal is you're going to give it away for free. Hopefully, they'll come and buy your stuff. But right. no, I'm happy to give away tips. But I was just going to say if we could if we could redo that and rephrase it because we do not help sellers figure out what's wrong with listings. Okay. We write, we write copy. So I didn't want them thinking, you know, Oh, I can hire marketing words to figure out what's wrong with my listing because we can, we won't do that. So you're that's enhancing a, the copy that's already there. Again, you're saying go back to your listing that's already there and let's enhance it by putting better words in there, better titles and that kind of thing. Yes. And we can talk about that. You know, are okay. there some changes that people can test to see if, you know, if, if it'll bring about improvements in their listing or whatever. And I'm happy to give you tips for that. Okay. All right. I'm going to redo it. Okay. So I've let you pitch your stuff and hopefully people are going to get value with these discount codes, which is awesome. So now though, I'd like you to do something for us. And so what I want you to do is think about the people that have already got their listings up, they're working and things are going okay. And they like, they'd like to get them to work better, right? They want to improve what they already have, right? They, 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 the frame is there, but they want to enhance it. Maybe that's the right way to say it, enhance it. Can you help us with some tips and, and tricks that they can use? Yes, absolutely. One of the first things that I would do based on recent changes with Amazon's keyword policy, you know, with the 250 bytes or characters or however you choose to phrase it, um, Amazon is leaning in a direction much like Google went through where they would prefer to have your most important keywords and phrases in the copy and the title in the bullet specifically. Sometimes the description section is indexed and sometimes it is not. So we don't worry too mm -hmm. much about that uh, as far as optimization goes. They're gonna end up in there anyway somewhat because it's hard to write about your product without using a key phrase to describe it. So, but my first suggestion would be to, to test pulling out as many of the keywords from your backend generic keyword fields what used to be called the search term fields and putting those into the title and the bullets without making it sound stupid. Do not just go in and put keyword, 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 keyword. <laughs> I, I just thought of the stupidest sentences that you've seen. Well, you've seen those listings where it's <laughs> like, that is not a sentence. That is just words, right? Thank you. That is exactly right. Mm -hmm. So if you had, for example, uh, we'll go back to our desktop calculator. If you had um, a listing that just said your brand, 10 key desktop calculator, gray. That's very yeah. eloquent, by the way. Very. That's right. That's <laughs> right. It, a, a beginner title. Um, you can go back in and support that with some additional keywords that are descriptive of this that would actually <clears throat> excuse me bring in more customers that would see this title in the search results so if it has specific features with a paper feed or if it has memory keys or it's LED or perhaps uh, it doesn't require a battery it's portable it, right portable, whatever it may be, do your keyword research, or if you already have these in the back end, pull those out. Right. You don't want to have it in both. It's a waste. No, you don't have to have it in both. It's a waste. But, 
pull them out of the back end and try putting two or three in your title. And then watch your, go to your business report section, watch your sessions, watch your conversions, see if it's making a difference. If it is, then you want to pull some more out, maybe put one or two in, a, in one of the bullets. Go slow. If you do everything all at one time, you won't know what made the difference. Well, let me stop you there because immediately my mind would have been, okay, if I'm pulling out portable and paper feed from the backend keywords, I would have replaced them with some other ones. But then I don't know which really had the effect, right? By doing that, there are two variables instead of one. Well, the only thing right. I was supposed to do was to move them from the back to the front, and so they're going to get indexed faster, sooner, right, whatever that means. If I put yeah. other words back there, I could be making a mistake. Fair? You could, or at the very, I mean, even if it was a good, you found some excellent terms to replace those with, you wouldn't know what made the positive or right. the negative difference. So you're saying to leave them out, leave them, uh, the, the, and it sounds sacrilegious to most of us, actually don't fill in them and see what happens. Right. Well, here is my suspicion and underline and bold the word suspicion from what I have seen with Amazon's direction and from the direction, the path that Google took years ago, it would not surprise me at all if somewhere down the road, a month, a year, five years, Amazon said, we aren't using the keyword fields anymore. They've been too badly manipulated. It's just not working. Right now, Amazon has said for at least the last two years that they're optional, that they reserve the right to accept what you put in those fields or to completely ignore it. So it isn't required to fill in any of the search terms. We have done minimal testing, and I stress the word minimal, uh, with just a couple of, of our clients where we took the search terms completely out of the back end and put all the keywords into the copy and it worked just fine. They didn't miss a beat. Hmm. And all of the search terms were in fact indexed and they were also ranked. A lot of people get indexed and rank and they think they're synonyms. They are not. Uh, but you could actually type in not the keyword plus the ASIN, but just type in the key phrase and our clients' products would show up on page one. So they were, in fact, decently ranked when we did this. And I am not at all suggesting that everybody goes out there and deletes all their search terms. That is right. not what I'm right. saying. But I think my own suspicion is that Amazon is headed in that direction uh, and that they will probably eventually end up like Google where there might as well not even be a meta keyword tag anymore because it's useless. You know, you can you can put anything you want to in that for a web page, but it's not going to help you at all. Right. You, you, they had good intentions, but as you say, they got abused. And now, you know, people right. putting things that aren't relevant and then all of a sudden you show up and it's like, wait, why is that there? Right. That shouldn't be there. And right. so so what you're saying with the testing that, again, is put those into the beginning don't replace them in the back end. See if there's an impact. Right. You, if that good or bad impact, then you can go and add other keywords, and then you can see mm -hmm. what impact that has. I mean, I think that's what you're saying is, again, we're back to that changing a ship. It's very small incremental changes. Um, but it sounds to me like the best thing to do is take them from the back, bring them to the front, right? And right. And hopefully they make a difference. If they do, great. 
what else can you do? All right, so that's tip number one. Give me another one. I'm going to put you on the spot. How to take it one more step. Keep testing. This is so important for so many sellers. They want Amazon to be a set it and forget it platform where they put it up one time and they never have to touch it again. And it just doesn't work that way long term. So make testing a part of your monthly seller routine, just like going through and running reports and checking your stats and filing your taxes and doing all the other monthly things that you have to do. Add doing just one or two tests that month. Something like, okay, we did the title test and that worked great. So now I have some space available in my backend keywords. So maybe test number two is to go find more keywords and put, you know, a couple of those in the back end and watch and see what happens. You could rearrange the way that you've done your bullets. If you have a feature benefit format where you list, you know, light LED lighted display for the calculator we've been using, then maybe you can swap it and say works great in low light. And then you talk about the 10 key, you know, LED display or something like that. So you do benefit feature instead of feature benefit. There's eight or 10 different ways that you can create bullet points. So they don't all have to be written the same way. Some people are going to respond better to a feature up front. Some people are going to respond better to a benefit up front. So you can make those different tests that you run, you know, rewrite one at a time and, and go through and do them that way. And look at your reports. Look at the conversion rates. Oh, man, I can see. All right. Did you do it? I can see you being very rigid about that. But that's exactly how you know whether there was an impact or not, period. Right. So there's no point in testing if you don't check your results. You have to know if it's working. You change everything and something worked. Okay. Right. What? What, Steve? Uh, I don't know. Right. And you don't want to be in that position because once you figure it out, then you can go and apply it across all the other things that you're doing. Right. And yeah, that's ooh. all right. I just yep. got smart. I just got smart for a second there. All right. There you go. Okay. So obviously people are going to want to have more follow up. I'm going to have the links for marketingwords.com. Remember, there are three discount codes she's given you. Um, again, and I do not benefit in any way. I'll have them on this episode. She gave them out earlier. Um, but I will have them on this uh, episode. But go to marketingwords.com and just take a look. There's a blog uh, a blog that looks like you're writing every week right now, lately. Um, there's a lot of good content in there. And so, again, it's one more thing to help you in that, that you know, again, we're competing against Karen, right, and people like Karen, who are experts who have been trained doing this for a long, long time. And the way they learned it is they educated themselves or got educated and so the way to do that is to read these things and so there's a blog post uh looks like it's every week for the last several months and just a whole bunch of uh amazon keywords uh fourth quarter strategies for selling more on ebay this quarter free amazon tools coupons um three tiny words to add to your social posts um a whole bunch of stuff and so i just think that that stuff is going to help you um, as you continue to refine. And again, as Karen said, you really need to learn and to go and study. And so 12 at least ebooks there, plus a whole bunch of services, uh, marketingwords.com. Karen, man, I, I appreciate it um, because I think about, you know, using you, partnering up with Seller Labs with the uh, Feedback Genius again. I mean, I think that's a great place for somebody like me who could improve those uh, instead of just using the standard one, as you said, every, they're getting a ton of those. And so I just see a lot of value. I really want to uh, thank you for taking the time out today because I think there's a lot of value that you offer. I really mean that. 
absolutely. Thank you so much. It had just been a pleasure to talk with you, um, and I'm glad we were able to work it out. All right. Hey, best wishes. Wish you nothing but success. Take care. Thank you. Smart lady. Uh, very cool. You know, you start thinking about this stuff, and boy, if you can master this early on as you start to bring products to market, you are going to be so much further ahead because as things change, and they will change, you're that much further ahead than, than trying to learn that also. And so, you know, spending a little bit of money now, learning these things, again, I don't benefit in any way, but I mean, I see some some videos and some things that I can absolutely benefit from. So ecommercemomentum.com, don't forget my sponsors. Uh, Seller Labs, Scope, want to talk about keywords and finding out what your competitors are using. And then as Karen suggested, you bring them in and use them in the titles and in your bullet points. I love it. I love the testing aspect, and I think it's so powerful. And when you're using a program like Scope, um, you know these words work for others, and you can word them in and bring them into your uh, listings. You're going to have a lot of better success. Um, Gay Lisby's Million Dollar Arbitrage Group, it's knocking it dead. I mean, it's so cool to sit in there and watch people interact and learn and saying, oh, my gosh, this is exactly what I needed. She has a seven-day free trial. There's a waiting list, but get your name on the waiting list. You know, it is um, a link in this episode. I'll have the link again in this episode, but Gay's interview is in 238, and it's so worth listening to. Take care, ecommercemomentum.com, ecommercemomentum.com. Thanks for listening to the e-commerce momentum podcast. All the links mentioned today can be found at ecommercemomentum.com under this episode number. Please remember to subscribe and like us on iTunes.